right, so we're going to be wrapping up today the Be Strong series, and uh, through this we've been uh, looking into God's Word and uh, seeing the different places where He's told us to be strong, and and uh, this is kind of a personal one for me because that's the uh, the ladies are doing their paint party, I believe that's tonight, isn't it? And uh, and one of the things they do is they paint their word for the year, and so. I, this is kind of my phrase for the year, I guess, be strong. And <clears throat> as I looked into it, it, it meant something different uh, than what I was expecting. At first, we looked at it in Joshua uh, when uh, God was giving him his pep talk before he was to uh, take the children of Israel into the promised land. This was a, a promise that had been built up for about 500 years, starting with Abram uh, all the way to this time of Joshua. And they were finally going to go and take the land that God promised Abram way back then. And so uh, God was talking to Joshua. He said, be strong and courageous. You know, He said it to him three times in this uh, passage of Scripture. And as we looked into it, we realized it doesn't mean be the strongest person on the thing and be bold as a lion, but it actually meant to be confident and decided. Be confident and decided. Uh, as you're stepping into your purpose, trust in God, be confident in God and, and what He's called you to do, and, and be decided that this is what you're supposed to be doing. And so, uh, to be strong and courageous is to be confident and decided in the things of God. And and uh, He proved that through the first battle, the Battle of Jericho, when you know God gave them their marching orders. He said, "Don't send out the the army first, but send out the praise and worship team and the priests." Uh, you know, with the uh, with the horn, and, and I want you to march around the city once a day for six days. On the seventh day, I want you to march around seventh day, and at, at the end of the seventh time, we just want you to shout and praise God. And when they did, the walls came falling down, and they rushed in, and they uh, took Jericho. And, and, and you know that's not a, a good battle strategy. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm not a military guy, but I'm thinking like that's probably not the best idea. But it was God's idea, and so you know Joshua trusted in God. He was confident in that and that he was decided in that. And so God uh, gave him the victory in that. And so uh, we're, we're working out of Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Uh, right after that, it begins to talk about the armor of God. And we talked about the first three last week in the armor of God. And, and we're... We're, we're seeing, what we're seeing here in the armor of God is, is not us being strong in ourselves and defeating the enemy, but, it, but we're taking what Christ gave us on the cross and we're putting it on and then we're standing firm in our victory. See, as Christians, we're not fighting for victory. Jesus won the victory at the cross and so we're standing in our victory and we're standing firm in that. We're fighting from victory, not for victory. And so as we are looking into the armor of God, and, and it's talking about, uh, well, let's just read it, and then we'll talk a little bit more about it. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 is where we're going to start today. If you'll turn with me in your Bibles or your you version or whatever you're using today to follow along. If not, I brought the family Bible, and we're going to put it right there. So, All right, so Ephesians 6, 10, it says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take a stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. 
Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may, may be able to stand your ground, and after having done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes with the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith, for, with which you can extinguish all of the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all of the Lord's people. And so here we see this passage of Scripture that we call the armor of God. And, and, and as we look at these things, uh, like I said, this isn't something that we're earning. It's not uh, things that we develop, but it's things given to us through our salvation, all right? And so he's not saying anything crazy. He's just saying, put it on. I've given you this stuff, now put it on. Like, if you're preparing for battle, you know, you're just not going to walk out there in your, your uh, jeans and T-shirts and, and, you know, be ready for battle. But, you know, as they go into war, they, they put on the gear, they put on their stuff, and, and, and they're mentally prepared as they're going into battle. And notice what it says here. It's not if the day of evil comes. It says when the day of evil comes, you'll be ready to stand. And, and, and notice that we're not offensively fighting, but we're standing our ground. And that's what I love about this. And when he keeps saying stand your ground is that, that when you're standing your ground, that means someone else is trying to take what you've already got. All right? And, and so you're not fighting for something. You're fighting uh, from a place of victory already in Christ and that the enemy is trying to take away your freedom. He's trying to take away your victory in life. And so, so he says, put these things on so that when the day of evil comes, you're going to be ready. All right? And, and so this is stuff that's already been given to us. <clears throat> and so last week we talked about the first three. We talked about the belt of truth. The belt of truth. And, and in these, we're kind of diving into the original language of, uh, of what it's talking about and, and seeing kind of more in depth of what he's talking about. You know, because when he's talking about the belt of truth, you know, I put my belt on it, it holds my pants up today, right? You know, we need to keep the pants up. But the belt of truth is something different in that if you read it in the King James, it says to gird your loins. All right? Now, how many of y'all know what it means to gird your loins? Like most, some of y'all are like, I don't even know what you're talking about. But, but back then in those days, uh, a lot of the men, they wore... Uh, toga style clothes where it's like a robe and so you know it wasn't it was more binding you know and you can't really run with a robe on right and, and so they would tell them to gird their loins and so they would take the end of the robe and they would tie it up and tuck it into their belt and it was a sign of being ready for action whether you're going to work whether you're going to run whether you're going to fight whatever you would gird your loins in preparation of action and so he says to gird our loins with truth Truth is the truth about Jesus, that he is the Messiah. It's the gospel that we're talking about here. And so we have got to ready ourselves with the truth of God's word. We need to ready ourselves with the truth of, of who Jesus is and what he has done for us on the cross. Because one of the things that the enemy attacks is the truth. If you look out in our society today, you know, everybody's got their own truth now. And I'm like, you're kind of missing the point of what truth is because... Truth is the same thing for everybody all the time, no matter who you are or what you're doing. I mean, that's what truth is, right? I mean, it's, you can't have a truth and I have a truth and they both be truth because that's 
misses the whole definition of truth. And so we need to know the truth of the gospel, and we need to be ready with that. We talked about the breastplate of righteousness, and the breastplate is the thing that protects the heart. And the Bible tells us that we need to guard our heart because out of it flows everything in life. And so we need to protect our hearts with righteousness. I asked this last week, how many righteous people we got in the room? Oh, we got a few more hands today. We got a few more hands today. Righteousness means that you are approved by God, that you are in right relationship with Him. And, and we've got to know that we are righteous not because of us, but because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. The Bible tells us that our righteousness is as filthy rags, but when He died, He gave us His righteousness, and He took ours, and He died on the cross for our unrighteousness. And so we have righteousness because of Jesus on the cross and that we need to learn to live and to, to be righteous. Because if you're standing in a place of righteousness, that's going to change the way that you think, the way you process things, and that, that you want to stay in that place of righteousness. Righteousness being approved by God. And then we talked about the shoes of the gospel of peace. And then again, it talks about the readiness of that. And, and, and what it's talking about here is being assured of your salvation. See, one of the attacks of the enemy on, on Christians is that he tries to get you to question whether you're actually saved or not. You know, when I was a young Christian, this was one of the big battles that I faced, that, that I was always worried that I wasn't actually saved. And, and it was a thing that caused worry and grief within me, and so that I was constantly repenting and repenting, 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 when, when, he'd, when I'd already been forgiven of things. And I was just so scared I was going to die and go to hell that I would just keep doing it. And I lived in a state of fear all the time. And that's not what, what, what God wants for us in our life, that we need to be assured of our salvation. Because when we get saved, the Holy Spirit is deposited in our lives as a, as a seal of our salvation. And so we need to be confident in that. And so today we're going to carry on and talk about the last three pieces of the armor and in verse 16, uh, we're going to find the first one. It says, addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which can extinguish all of the flaming arrows of the evil one. <clears throat> and as I read this, uh, <clears throat> I, I always have pictures in my mind of what, what things are. And, and, and uh, I love the movie Gladiator. Any Gladiator fans out there? Yeah, I didn't realize how old that movie was until the other day. <laughs> I was like, Ooh, I need, I'm kind of dating myself there. But anyway, in the opening scene, there's this big battle scene, and you know you got the Romans on one side, and you got the enemy on the other side, and and and, uh, and and so what we see here is that they're about to go into battle, and they're both preparing. You know, they're both giving the speeches, and they're they're getting riled up, and 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 so the Roman army begins to advance, and we see the other people. They have a line of fire, and they light arrows, and they lob them over. Uh, at the Roman soldiers, and they all died behind their shields to block the flaming arrows. And, and, and so this was my you know, thought when I read this, is like, you know, it's kind of like that. And, and the thing is, is like, you could like sneakily hit somebody with an arrow if you lob it over at them and they don't see it coming. And that's kind of the way the enemy works in our lives, is that he doesn't always just come straight at us. But sometimes he lobs something at you, and, and, and it, it catches you off guard. And that's kind of the thought behind this is, is, is having the shield of faith to block those temptations and those things that the devil's lobbing at us that we might not see coming. And so as, we, as I looked into this, 
the shield, uh, you know, I always thought of like a Captain America shield, you know, the round ones that he carries around and he does all the cool stuff with. But that's not the kind of shield that it's talking about here. It's actually talking about a shield that's like the size of a door. I mean, a massive thing. It was a big rectangular shield. And what they would do is they would take that and they would shove it in the ground in front of them. And then they could step back and they could fight. They'd have two hands to fight at that point. Or if they needed to do something, they could turn their back and take care of whatever. And that, that shield would be protecting them from whatever's coming. And so this is kind of the thought behind the shield of faith is that it's not just this little thing that we're holding and you know, blocking some things, but it's a door-sized shield that you stick on the ground. And the thought behind it is, is that you can get behind this shield and there's a calm and a steadfastness in our faith at this point. See, the shield of faith is not some little dinky thing, but it's a massive thing that protects us. And so when we're talking about faith... Uh, you know, there's, there's different kind of faiths that the Bible talks about. There's an active faith to where you're, you're, you're doing things. But this is a, a calm, steadfast faith and that you're standing in this and knowing that you're protected. There's a calmness in it. There is a peace in that. And see, when we're standing in faith, we can actually stand in peace and in calm and not have to be worrying or we're not having to be fretting about things. and just. But it, it's a place where you can stand and be safe. This is what the shield of faith is as we're talking about it. And, and, and I love Psalm 91. Psalm 91 is one of my favorite uh, passages of Scripture. And as I read about this shield, this is the Scripture that came to me in that. And I want to read this to you because this is talking about the shield of faith. It says, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Here we see the picture of being protected and, and, that, and we're at rest. It's a calmness that, that he's talking about. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely He will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with His feathers and under His wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and your rampart. You will, not, you will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrows that fly by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. Do you see the picture of this, of what he's talking about here? As we're in the shelter of God, as we're trusting in Him, this is our faith, the shield of faith that is protecting us in that. In the middle of the battle, he's talking about having a peace and a calmness during the battle. He says, you will not fear. Verse 7, a thousand will fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will, not, you will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you say, the Lord is my refuge and you make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all of your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you won't strike your foot against a stone. And you will, not, and you will tread on the lion and the cobra. And you will trample on the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him. For he acknowledges my name. He will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble and I will deliver him and honor him. 
with long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Right there is your shield of faith. It's that calmness that we can have during the middle of the battle. And, and, and so let's talk about faith here for a second. Faith, it, it, it's a strong conviction or a belief that Jesus is the Messiah through whom we obtain eternal salvation in the kingdom of God. And so our faith is what, it's our belief in Jesus as the Messiah. That is our protection in life. Because Jesus paid the price for all of that stuff on the cross and that we can stand in that comfort and that steadfastness of faith because of what Jesus did. See, the thing is, every part of the, the armor of God is something that Jesus has given to us. It's not something that we earn. It's not something that we do ourselves. But it's something that we put on as he has given us these things. And so that is the picture of the shield of faith is that it's a place for us to stand and to fight from under the protection of our Almighty. In verse 17, let me go back. In verse 17, it talks about the helmet of salvation. It says, take the helmet of salvation. So far it tells us to put on or to take up. And this one it says, take the helmet of salvation. That word actually means to receive the helmet of salvation. This is something that we receive. We receive our salvation from Him. And so a, a, a helmet is meant to guard your head, right? And so this is a picture of guarding our mind. And we need to be guarding our thoughts as, as we're in this battle, we need, as we're preparing for battle, our mind is a big place that needs to be guarded. In fact, the Bible tells us to renew our minds with the Word of God. And that we need to be meditating on His Word and, and, and allowing it to change the way, the way that we think. Not just exchange thoughts, but change the entire way that we think about life. Because if you look at Jesus and His teachings, it's funny that when he's, He was teaching and He said, You've heard it said... And then he would say something and said, but I tell you. This is some of that thought-changing process. He said, you've heard it said to you know, love your friends and hate your enemies, but I tell you, love your enemies. Pray for them. Bless them. It's a completely different way of thinking. And, and, and this is what is the helmet of salvation is about, is to help protect our thinking and to, to help change our thoughts to think more along the lines of the eternal Instead of just the, the here and now. And so we're talking about the helmet of salvation. But we've talked about salvation already, right? About the assurance of our salvation. What this is talking about is the hope of our salvation. Now, now this might confuse you a little bit that we're assured of our salvation. But then we have hope of salvation. So wh what does that mean? Well, see, here's the thing is that salvation is not just a one-time event. Salvation is not the day that, that you made Jesus Lord to where you uh, believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that you'll be saved. That's the beginning of salvation. But here's the deal. Salvation is a journey that we're on. We are saved and we're being saved at the same time. Uh, we, we call this the process of sanctification. Ooh, y'all like those big words, right? That sanctification. Learn that in the Bible school right there. It's worth the money. But anyway... And so it's the process of cleaning up your life and it's through the power of the Holy Spirit that He convicts us of the things that we're doing wrong and that we allow His power to go at work into our life and begin to change us and He sanctifies us or He cleans us up. And so the hope 
of salvation is talking about the completion of your salvation. Because one day that when this life is over and we die, we get to go to heaven. Oh, man, it's going to be such a great day. You know, there's so many people that fear death, but I'm just like, bring it on. You know what I'm saying? I get to go to heaven when I die. I get to be in the presence of Jesus all the time when, when this life is over. Paul had this struggle in his life. He's like, it's beneficial for me to stay here with you. But, man, I'm ready to go to heaven. I'm ready to be with Jesus. And, and, and I have this struggle. that, And, and so I'm, I'm going to go with God, and I'm going to stay here with you guys. <laughs> so, but, but it's the completion of our salvation in that it is the hope. See, hope there is not talking about a wish. See, I hope the Razorbacks win a football game next year. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's, it was tough this year, man, and, and I have hope in my heart. But that's not the kind of hope that we're talking about here. This kind of hope is a confident expectation of the promise. This is not a, I wish this was going to happen, but this is, I'm confident that this is going to happen. And it's the hope of our salvation. It's the confident expectation that I'm going to get to go to heaven one day and when, when this life is over and, and that I'm going to spend eternity with him. And so what we see in this process of the helmet of salvation is that we need to be eternally minded. We need to change our thoughts to not just think about the here and now. How am I going to pay my bills? How am I going to make money? What about my kids? What about, we need, those things are important. But he tells us to seek him first, and he's going to add these things to us. And so we need to have more of eternal perspective of how is my decisions that I'm making now affecting eternity? Not just in my life, but in the life of others. See, the decisions that I make and the choices that I make now have an effect on my kids' eternity. In that they may choose to reject Jesus if I'm not reflecting Jesus in my life. They may look at me and say, if that's Jesus, I don't want it. But if I'm living in with an eternal perspective thinking, okay, I need to be showing my children what Jesus looks like, what the love of Jesus looks like, what grace looks like. And, 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 that, and, and we need to change our thought processes in these things. And that, that's the helmet of salvation. We see in, in 1 Thessalonians 5, 8, it says, But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. So we need to have the hope of salvation guarding our minds. And now we come to the last one, the sword of the Spirit. And if you read the scripture, it, it would be easy just to kind of Read it and step over it and go on and, and miss the significance. It says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Which is the Word of God. And, and I love what Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, it says, For the Word of God is alive, and it's active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even the dividing of the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow. And it judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. See, the, see, this isn't a dead book. This isn't just a piece of literature, but this thing is alive. It is active. It's God's word. It's God speaking to us. And, and, and as we look at the sword of the spirit, this is the only offensive weapon that we have. Everything that we've talked about to now has been a defensive weapon. And this is the only offensive weapon that we have in this fight. And as we look at it, uh, we'll see that it, it, it's something a little bit different than I originally thought. See, if you look into the original language of Greek, it, it talks about the, the sword of the Spirit, which is the 
word of God. This, the word word there uh, in, in the Greek actually has two different translations. Uh, there's two different words that we say word of God. One of them is logos. The other one is rhema. All right? I'm going to give you a little Greek lesson here. That's the only two Greek words I know. So, I mean, it's very limited. But, but logos and rhema, and they both are translated word of God. And, and they're the same, but they're different. Uh, logos and rhema always agree with each other. They always line up. But see, the logos, it, it, it talks about the depth of God's word. It's talking about the, the fullness of, of what God has spoken to us. And, and we need to have the logos of God in our life. That we need to be reading God's word and we need to be meditating on it and thinking about it and allowing the Holy Spirit to work it in our life. And, and as we do that, that is the logos of God's word. And see, but this word is rhema. And, and this word rhema actually means... Uh, it's an utterance or, or a declaration of a promise. It's an utterance or a declaration of a promise. And so we, here we look at the logos, the, the depth of God. The, the best way I can describe it is that like, logos is like a well, a, a, a water well, and that uh, it's the depthness of God. It's the fullness of God's word. And rhema is kind of like the bucket that you lower down in there and you pull it out. And see, rhema, is, what it actually is, it's God's word for you right now, okay? Uh, you know, there's times in our life that the Holy Spirit will speak to us a, a word or, 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 or something for us to live in in this moment. And see, here we're talking about a spiritual warfare, and, and, and this is a battle that we're in, and, and this is our offensive weapon. And what happens is that as we're in this battle... Uh, it says the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and that is God's Word for you in this moment. In the middle of this battle, this is what God's Word for you is, and it needs to come out of your mouth. And so we need to be speaking the rhema of God's Word out of our mouth when we're in the middle of the battle. See, there's lots of times that we, we start quoting scriptures about things. That's the logos, but it's not the rhema for the moment. Okay, and, and so there's times when, uh, especially as we're putting God's word in our hearts. See, that's why it's so important to consistently be putting God's word into our life because it builds a well with on the inside of us for the Holy Spirit to work with. And in fact, Jesus said this in John 14, 26. He said, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything that I have said. He's going to teach you. When you read God's word, say, Holy Spirit, teach me. Show me. This is one of the most, one of the biggest prayers that I pray when I'm reading is, God, what did you mean by that? Has anybody ever prayed that prayer? God, what are you talking about? What, what, what do I need to know about that? And the Holy Spirit will teach you. But then he said, I'll also bring back to your remembrance in the time of need. See, that's the rhema. That's the rhema of, of the Holy Spirit bringing you a scripture in the middle of the battle. See, rhema is not something that you memorize, but it's something that comes up out of you, out of the well of your heart as you've been studying. And, and, and as, as you're in the middle of the battle, say you're being tempted, you know, and, and let's say there, you know, you're tempted with lust, and, and the word for you might be is that, you know, whatever is pure. Whatever is holy, whatever is just, whatever is true, think on these things. That might be your rhema for that moment that's going to help you in that battle as that temptation comes. And so here we see a difference 
But here's the thing. The Logos and the Rhema always agree. All right? The Rhema comes out of the Logos that you have hidden in your heart. And so our weapon is a revealed Word of God for the moment as it's revealed by the Holy Spirit. And as we look at this as a whole, the armor of God, you know, it talks about we we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and and authorities and rulers of the darkness of this world. And, and, And as we're in life being attacked, as we've renewed our mind in God's word, and as we're placing that in our heart, in our heart we, we must realize that this person that's coming against me is not my enemy. All right? The person is not my enemy, but there's someone behind this person causing this thing. And that's what we need to fight. And see, when we begin to be attacked, lots of times we naturally attack back, don't we? That's kind of our natural thing. If someone's coming at me, I'm going to punch you in the throat, okay? You know what I'm saying? That's our natural reaction. But, but as we renew our mind in God's word, we don't attack the person, but we actually love the person that's attacking us. And that we're praying for them and that we're blessing them, but we're attacking the enemy that's behind him. And see, as we're in the, in the morning, as we're putting on the armor of God for the day, see, that's why I love reading in the morning because it, it helps prepare my mind and it, and it helps set me up for the day uh, and, and be pur- purposeful in that. But in the morning, as we're getting ready for the day, you know, you, you think through this, you know, I'll, I'm going to gird my loins. I'm going to prepare myself with the truth of the gospel today and that Jesus is the Messiah and that, that he paid the price for my sin. And I'm going to live in that today. I'm going to prepare myself with that today. And then I put on the breastplate of righteousness, protecting my heart, knowing that I'm already approved by God, that, that nothing can separate me from God, and so that I'm going to live as righteous today. And, and I'm going to put on the shoes of the gospel of peace, and I'm going to be assured of my salvation today, that I'm not going to allow the enemy to try to trick me and to say that I'm not saved or that I'm not good enough anymore because I have righteousness and I'm... Uh, assured of my salvation. I put on the helmet of salvation to guard my mind today in, in that knowing that, that in the end of this, that as I live eternally, that I know the hope of my salvation is assured, that I'm going to make it to heaven one day, and I protect my mind with that. And then I get this shield of faith, and I stick it down in front of me and so that I can stand assured and strong in my salvation, and, and that my faith is there to protect me, that I don't have to live in doubt and have to live in worry, but I know that God's got my back and that, that I can be at calm in the middle of the battle. And, and, and then I take the, the sword of the Spirit up. And it's not something that I've memorized. Yes, I put God's Word in my heart, but when the, when the battle comes, the Holy Spirit gives me a word for that moment, and I need to speak God's Word over my life. See, this is the battle that we're facing. When, when we're prepared in our hearts for when the day of evil comes, not if, but when the day of evil comes, you're going to be prepared. And that when that person attacks you, that you don't, out of the flesh, attack back at them. But you're enabled to see through that and see that this is a person that God loves and that Jesus died on the cross for. And I need to show that person love and that grace today but I'm going to attack the enemy with the word of God. Say, no devil, not today. 
You ain't taking me out today. I'm going to stand firm in my victory. I'm going to stand firm in what you've given me. And I'm not going to let you take me out by this, this person that's talking ugly to me. About this person that's trying to make me lose my job. I'm not going to worry about that because I've got God's word for you. Let me tell you what it is. And you speak that thing over your situation. And it's amazing what God will do. Because he's waiting and watching over his word to perform it. And so as we speak the rhema out of our mouth, the Holy Spirit goes to work. And, and, and you'll be amazed at what God will do in that person that attacked you. And that when you respond in love and in grace with them. And how your enemy is defeated at the same time. And it's a win-win. See, we can lead people to salvation that are attacking us because of the armor of God. But we've got to be in the right mindset. We've got to have our, our heart guarded. We need to be rest assured in our salvation and our righteousness. And he's standing behind the shield of faith. Standing in calm. See, too many times we freak out when we get attacked. Oh, what are we going to do? You, that person said this, 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 this. Calm down. God's got this. God knew this was coming. He's giving you the shield of faith. Stand behind it. Stand firm in your faith. Speak God's word over that situation. See, it's a calmness. It's a calmness that we can have in the middle of the battle. So my prayer is that through this, that, that God's kind of revealed to you where you are. See, for some of you, this might be the first time you've ever heard any of this stuff. Like, whoa, I, I don't even know what to do with that. Well, let me, let me give you a prayer to pray. And I want us all to pray this today as we sing this last song. Say, God, show me where I'm at and what I need to do right now. See, we like to plan the next five years of our life. But sometimes we need to take care of this right here in front of us before we ever step into anything else. Say, God, where am I at? What do I need to do? And I believe that as you pray that prayer, he'll answer that prayer and he'll begin to speak with you and begin to show you some things. And submit to God when he shows you. Be obedient to him. Trust him. Because let me tell you something. If you're tired of the enemy attacking you and you have to pick yourself up every time, every day you feel like at the end of the day you're just picking yourself back up, and that's not God's will for your life. He wants you to stand firm. Not, not just at the beginning, but after the attack is over and everything stand, you're still standing firm. You don't have to pick yourself up because you're still standing in victory. See, that's what Christ wants for you. That's what God wants for you. To live in the victory that he's already given through you at the cross. And so today as we worship, ask God, God, where am I at? And what do I need to do? Prayer team, come forward. Maybe you need to make Jesus Lord today. Maybe you need to start this process. You're tired of getting beat up day after day after day after day. See, God has given you victory through the cross. You need to come to the foot of the cross. Recognize Jesus as your Lord. Say, God, I can't do this. I need you to take control of my life. And give that over to Him. You can do that today. And he'll begin a process in your life. I'm not saying everything's going to magically change and everything's going to be perfect. He's going to begin a process in your heart and in your life that will get you to where you need to go. So let's all stand. Let's worship today.